Go left. 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 You know what? There's no more left. Left. Oh, okay, you know, uh, lift it straight up over your head. Straight up over your head. You can do it. You can do it. Oh. Okay. Oh. You got it? Yeah. Good, oh, good, good, good. Oh, oh. Yeah, you got it, right? You got it, right? Yeah, you yeah. got it. And a one, and a two. I am on. You are on. You are always on. I am like a wild stallion that can't be tamed, so don't even try. Aaron is never off. Always on. I'm always Uh, ready to go. (laughs) Always ready to go. Welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. Uh, My name is David. Hey, I'm Aaron. Sorry, I was about (laughs) about to cough, and then you caught me off guard. (laughs) Yeah, cough. Cough into your elbow, good <sighs> sir. It's good to see that you you're practicing safe. Uh, um, well, I don't know. You're, you're helping to what? Stop. Flatten the curve. That's make the sure my drum right? set doesn't catch it over here. Yeah, you don't want your drum set catching COVID nineteen. Um, actually, you know what's funny? So I showed you. I, I was jokingly saying this is not a jar of urine that I'm holding, <laughs> although. Some people would say that it is, in fact, still a jar of urine. It's just been refrigerated. Um, but here's the funny thing. So, of course, um, I thought it would be infinitely hilarious to go when the, all of this COVID-19 stuff was first starting and, you know, the c- coronavirus stuff. I was like, I'm going to go buy some Corona. I never drink Corona. So my wife was like, yeah, go buy like a, a you know, a big case. So I was like, all right. So I bought a 24-pack or whatever. Just so you could like f- go to the attendant and be like, it's Corona time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but the funny thing is, first, is that she doesn't drink beer, but for she's she's now able to drink Corona. And so she was like, yeah, you should get some Corona because it's the first beer she's been able to consume. And she always feels left out, I think, if I have a beer because she's like, it's gross. And so I was like, all right, if that means you'll... I, I mean, I don't drink very often, but... Um, also, it's interesting because I feel like these are these might be like collector's items now because like the Corona factory had to shut down. Uh, Mexico stopped producing. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I didn't read further to see if it's like. I mean, we've got breweries here who have switched over from producing. I don't know if they fully switched over. I'm going to say they haven't fully switched over, but they've like started changing things up so they can produce hand sanitizer and stuff like that. Um, oh, yeah. So I don't know if it was like one of those sort of things. Um, but it was just deemed a non-essential business or whatever in Mexico, and so it's not. I guess it's not making beer right now. Oh, so, and I mean, better save that. We use back in the bottle. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll put it back in the bottle after I've consumed it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> if, hey. I, if I you can, you can resell <laughs> that before somebody catches on. <laughs> yeah, it's just gonna. It's, it's twice brewed. <laughs> twice bread. <laughs> it's like when you get like twice fried or yeah. whatever, like <laughs> twice baked baked potatoes at the keg or whatnot. <laughs> this is twice brewed, brewed beer. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's something. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. So have you been uh, have you been hunkered down? Are you still able to go into work? Yeah, I'm still still working. There's uh, just two of us at the office, which is uh, yeah, I'd find it very hard to be at home full time. Like yeah. I wouldn't get anything done, so. Yeah, but other than that, yeah, just kind of sticking around the house. It's funny because I, um, I mean, I've I work from home right now two days a week, and I, I I'm air quoting for you 
on the video chat. I work from home uh, <laughs> because I work in radio. And so it just means I pre-record my show like the day or the night before. And then I just don't do anything the okay. day off. <laughs> so I just get to, it's like a day off, basically. Yeah, I do yeah. some extra work the night before. So like last night after, actually it was after supper, before even putting the kids to bed, I like recorded my show and then, um, you know, put it all in and whatnot. And then I didn't have to do anything today. Now, if they needed me to voice any commercials or whatever, I had to be available for that. That's the working from oh, home okay. bit. But so you're doing ads I for didn't. Corona is what you're saying now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, but I didn't need to, so I just, I just... You know, it was basically a day off. It's pretty sweet, but nice. um, yeah. So it, but I, I don't think if I had to actually work, regardless of what my job was, if I had to actually work a full day's worth of work from home, I couldn't do it. Yeah, there's no way I could do it because I got too many children and they're crazy. Well, even last <laughs> week, I, uh, yeah, one day last week I was homesick, and yeah. like about an hour in, I was like, I should have just gone to work. It would have been it, way right? more peaceful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it would be much more quiet to have a bad headache there than at home. And it was just, I yeah. felt like I should be helping out. And it's like, well, it took a sick uh, day yeah. to not really be, even be able to rest. And Most of the time that sick days, that, that I take a sick day, it's, it's never for me. Mm. Like, I'll take sick days because my wife is sick. Right. Or I'll take sick days because, you know, maybe... Now, obviously, times have changed right now, and we aren't really leaving the house anyway. But, you know, back... Back in the good old days, I would take a sick day if one or two or whatever of my children were sick and my wife had somewhere to be yeah. or something like that, right? So very rarely did I ever take sick days for myself um, unless I was just like knocked out where there was not a chance I was helping with anything because I was just going to be sleeping all right. day, right? But um, but yeah, if I had enough energy to get out the door, I'm like, I'm going to feel better being at work oh, yeah. than I am <laughs> probably going to be at home. So, um, so yeah, very rarely did I ever take those sick days but now i get these just like i mean essentially I, I don't know if they're sick days do they count as sick days when i'm just working from home because the kids are not in school and stuff yeah i know it's, i wish it's a weird time i wish we got extra days you know whatever that would be called help your wife so she doesn't go crazy days yeah well i mean we do i think i i've, I've definitely at work had days where I haven't had to use sick days um, to help with different like, and, but but they're usually there's something medical tied to it, yeah. like whether it's like a day full. Because I mean, we have, I have five children, and it, you know, most of them have different medical or special needs, and so you know whether it's going to like my wife's got a day full of appointments and she just needs someone to be able to pick the kids up and stuff like that, or going to the appointments myself or what have you. Um, I my work has been nice enough that typically i don't have to use a sick day for that so yeah, nice. um, yeah it's it's kind of nice but let's stop talking about being sick and stuff <laughs> and let's, let's talk stop about some talk sick music yeah let's start talking about sick music so what have you been listening to uh lately we're going to talk about a few of our favorites from the quarantine scene series that we just did that was kind of ended up being way more hellacious than i thought it would be for <laughs> me but <laughs> that's fine it was worth it but first before we get into those let's just talk about some other things that maybe you've been listening to I, i'm staying with the theme and i'm listening to system of the downs uh down oh, with down. down with the sickness <laughs> just kidding Isn't that I, I think that was disturbed <laughs> yeah so close he was this close to getting it i, uh, I thought you know. of it as i was like that's not system of the down anyways no <laughs> Um, oh, what a, what a terrible song. Now he's yeah. now he's lost his train of thought. What? You think that's a terrible song? I mean, I think that's one of the well, classics. I don't 
I don't want to get into talking about the classics with you because <laughs> we we had we had quite the discussion where I was worried about your your mental well being. I didn't realize mainstream you... rock like that had classics, but there I well I think there are some photographs in there. No, okay, no. See, well, see, there's. I don't know. How do I know which <laughs> you, is a are, classic? Are you? And which isn't are you com- wait, now you're comparing down with the sickness to photographs. Equally <laughs> terrible. Equally can't make it through. Oh, so, yeah, but. What does name one thing iconic that Nickelback does? Whereas at least with Down with the Sickness, you have that whole thing that uh, I can't do. Like, come on, um, Cove Reaver <laughs> is that the singer of Nickelback? Um, Chad Kruger? Just kidding. <laughs> Cove Reaver is he listening to the singer of Sayo Center? <laughs> oh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, anyways, could could be. He married Avril Lavigne, and that's something that Down with the Sickness. Oh, Chad Kruger did. did. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna that's have to fair. give it to. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I mean. I will say Down With The Sickness is less of a classic than the song that you absolutely worried me with by you saying you hated it. Yeah. Like, I'm talking about, yeah, Mr. Brightside. When you, when that became, like, when you made that known to me, I, I, I seriously just started questioning things. <laughs> like, I, I can't, I can't believe there's someone out there. It's one thing to say you don't like the killers. I could understand that. That's fine. Like to to say you don't like the Killers as a whole, you know, as a band. Sort well, that's of thing, probably the library. only song I know of theirs. So to me, that is the <laughs> Killers, and which is okay. But the fact that you would say you hate Mr. Brightside absolutely oh. blows my mind. So I did a Twitter poll, and uh, guess what? I win. Uh, the, 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 well, the Twitter poll question <laughs> was Mr. Brightside, great song or terrible song. It was 100% in favor that it was a great yeah. song. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it is. I just don't appreciate it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. not to, we, we, we rabbit trailed that one. So what have you been listening to? And that's your fault. I'll blame you. No, I feel um, like I have what to have you defend been myself. To? But hey, it's all good. Music doesn't need to be defended. <laughs> no. Unless it's pop music, punk. It's... Defend pop punk. Right. Um, yes. <laughs> okay. So now my brain is in a totally different place. I'm thinking of singer of Nickelback. Can I jumpstart uh, you? Singer of Nickelback <laughs> I, I know singing... One... Uh, the wo- uh, uh, yeah, sorry, go. <laughs> well, so I can jumpstart you because I know one record yes. you've been listening to for sure. August Burns yeah, Red. Yeah, speak truth over me, brother. <laughs> yeah. It, that'd be great if that was the name of the album. Speak truth over me, yeah, brother. August- brother! <laughs> yeah, August Burns Red's been a long-time favorite of mine, and yeah. I was so stoked to get it. I was So in this time, lots of bands have been pushing back their releases and so when yeah. I kind of heard hints of that, like I was getting pretty bummed out, but thankfully they saw it as a good a good way to put music into people's ears that need it right now, and which I think yeah. is a great idea. Yes, it probably affects music sales, but I think I mean people are more desperate for it, and they're gonna they've got more time to listen to it. So I think it's almost a smarter thing because they're gonna listen to it more, they're gonna share it more, and instead of just kind of yeah. moving on and. It's we're we're in like this interesting I guess um, period of time because things like YouTube views I believe are down just across the board that I've seen, and then like uh, podcast consumption, which is you know we're we're doing a podcast right here, but podcast consumption across the board is down as well because people are at work less and they're commuting less right now, right? Yeah, so that's true. It seems people watch more YouTube at work and obviously listen to more podcasts while commuting. But I would not be surprised if, like, music streaming and maybe even if, you know, if people are still regularly buying music, if that kind of stuff is up. Obviously, physical sales still, I don't know where that would be because, you know, people can't, a lot of places, you couldn't go into a music store. And now Amazon is doing things like prioritizing, you know, like, different shipments depending on, you know, 
the need of something, right? Yeah. Like, so if you if you were to order a stack of CDs off Amazon right now, and someone's ordering would, toilet paper, they would only send they're going to prioritize. <laughs> they're they're going to prioritize sending that toilet paper or whatever out first, right? Yeah. So so I don't know that physical sales, but I would not be surprised if things like yeah, like Netflix streaming, obviously through oh, yeah. the roof or Disney Plus, whatever, and then music streaming. I've been listening to a ton of music um, and just kind of like going through stuff. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting that it's kind of flipped a little bit. Yeah, um, I think on the whole. But so August Burns Red, I actually um, I I think. I've listened to it a couple times when it came out. I'm not a big just like straight up metalcore fan. I didn't really like their last record. I just, it's that I just found it was too, just their sound in general is too much of an assault for me. Like just on my yeah. ear, like it's just nonstop, right? Which at the same point, I'll listen to something like I could listen to a punk record that's start starts and finishes in you know 18 minutes and it's blazing fast the whole time and and have less of an issue than. Um, try to listen to August Burns Red, but this new record, and you pointed something out, um, I enjoy, I definitely enjoyed the songs on this record more, uh, and I think you had said something about, they were talking about just kind of simplifying things. Yeah. Yeah, just trying, I think you it. said they were, you know, instead of a song having 12 riffs, you know, keeping it to six, which is still <laughs> a lot for, I mean, there's still yeah. a lot going on. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, but more digestible and some more kind of chorusy parts to make it a bit more memorable. Yeah, yeah and I, I and I think as a whole, like it just felt like there was more dynamic, I guess, on the record. And I don't necessarily mean like quiet to loud dynamics, but just like different parts that kind of stood out. I'm not big on like their clean vocals. They kind of do this like weird distorted sing sort of thing there it was reminding me of a band I want, is it architects it reminds me of yeah yeah Just kind like of that, that melodic that style kind of, of vocal. scream singing yeah which they and haven't really I, done on previous records so i don't know if they're right. just trying to kind of push it a little bit right and usually that's like what i look for in like if i'm going to listen to a metalcore band is you know are those singing parts but i just found like the the singing on this on this record i wasn't too huge on maybe i appreciated that it was there but yeah like the the distorted melodic scream sing sort of thing i think because there was like this tinge if i'm thinking correctly of like more like metal in his voice yeah could be. um then say like architects yeah, yeah. Where architects just comes across as like pretty powerful and anyway is i did enjoy it more the production i felt was a little thinner than the last one which you said was interesting because it's the same team that was involved the last time around but um i find i don't know the, the guitar tones were a little different for me and it wasn't quite as chunky but i did enjoy the songs more than the last record yeah what else what else what else were you listening well, i've to? got uh a list on my Spotify called Listen to This. So every so often I'll go <laughs> through my and just be like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this album. I need to listen to this again. Yeah. So that's been really fun to go to. So a few standouts uh, today I listened to an album that I had told you to check out, uh, a band called The Bled and their album Past oh, the yeah, Flask. Yeah. I think it's from maybe like yeah. 2004. So it's very in that era of kind of post-hardcore screamo, yeah. kind of heavy but not like metal heavy um yeah so that was a good listen i listened to uh bearings uh what's a blue, oh, in, the blue dark. in the dark yeah that album yeah. um which is always really good um there's a i can't remember what else was on there and i kind of jumped jumped yeah. around to a few different things when but. when you go through something do you delete it once you've listened to it do you delete it off the playlist yeah yeah so it's still um, on my spotify but it's just so i once i've listened to it so i'm not always scrolling through yeah. the whole thing yeah 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 
Yeah, for sure. Um, bearings, blue in the yeah. I like going back to that one uh, every now and then. It was it was one of my favorite records of the year it came out, um, and it's still yeah, it's still really good. Uh, I did full disclosure. I listened to part of was it past the flask? Is that what it's yeah. called? By the bled. Um, I listened to part of it while sitting on the toilet. <laughs> and so I was, and it. I mean, it really got me moving. If you know what I know. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I need to go and actually listen to it with headphones on. I was just playing it on my phone. Okay. Um, and so I was like, it's, the problem with just listening on your phone like that without headphones uh, or proper speakers, as it were, is a lot of times with music like that, there's so much going on that it just kind of really sounds chaotic. Yeah. Um, and it, it is every now and times. But. Oh, but but I I think at least if you put headphones on or you have speakers, you know, where there's bass and whatnot, and like there's a little, you can kind of decipher some of those things a little easier. Like sometimes my wife will come downstairs in the morning, and she'll be listening to something really loudly on her phone. Oh, it always sounds. And terrible. I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, you're downstairs now. You could put this on any one of our Bluetooth, you know, speakers in the house that have at least some kind of sounds. Right. So I'll be just like, can you like turn that off, and we'll just like. <laughs> We can put that song on, but we'll play it on like our Amazon Echo or whatever that has at least a little bit of bass right. to it. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's just, my wife it's kind of funny. does the same. It's just instantly like a noise. It's just really agitating. It's just like really trebly yeah. and like it's just like yeah, oh, and you can't and should yeah. And my wife will complain like if I've got music going on and then like the kids are you know being loud or whatever and i'm like but you could listen to that and have the kids be loud like that blows my mind more yeah than like <laughs> than like having like good riddance on or something like that right like playing on you know not even super loud but just playing on a, a, a stereo that i could hear it and then yeah it's it's kind of funny that's but, a good comparison uh, though of listening to music loudly in your phone is just like listening to your kid be annoying so maybe it just blends <laughs> in she's so used to hearing your kids all day that maybe that's just as comforting to her like another another <laughs> child, but singing beautifully instead of screaming. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Um, myself, I've been, and I think this is partially because actually of editing the quarantine scene episodes. But uh, I ended up listening to a bunch of heavier music than I would typically listen to. Not anything that was you know like suggested through those episodes necessarily, but uh, probably the record that I was listening to the most, or the album that I was listening to the most, was. Is it different? Was a different shade of blue or whatever by Knocked Loose, yeah. their latest one that came out. Um, I think last year it came out, and when it first came out, I listened to it and I was kind of like, okay, there's like it's parts I like and then parts I really can't get behind. But for whatever reason, this week it just kind of like clicked, and I don't know if that's because you know being stuck home a lot of the time with my family, I've just got like this like <laughs> pent up aggression that I'm like, I gotta get out, so I'll be like headphones on you know, like doing the dishes and I'll be like, yeah, and just like listening to knock loose and uh, laughing quite a bit about how I feel like they're, they're different vocal stylings that they use specifically on that album. Remind me of like every cartoon supervillain that has ever existed. <laughs> uh, like there's a, there's, I don't know how many vocalists they have, or if it's like one or two guys just doing different styles, but there's one specific vocal delivery on there that sounds like Claw from Inspector oh, Gadget. That's funny. I was and just gonna say, oh, what about the bad guy from Inspector Gadget? Yeah, like and when it comes on, <laughs> like specific, yeah, specifically the last song on that album, when it comes on, um, it's so like every, I'm just like, yes, <laughs> <Next> <laughs> like the time, first time gadget. I, 
<laughs> yes. The first time I heard it, I just kept like, it was one of those songs where I just kept turning it up, turning it up. And like, that song is so good. But at first I would have thought, like I know for a fact when I first listened to that record, I was like, what the hell is this? Like the first time those vocals came out, I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. But for whatever reason, yeah, this week it just kind of clicked. Mm, awesome. And I was like, all right, yeah. Um, another one that uh, I've been listening to actually um, is a new record that just came out. And uh, like one of the bass player in the band was on part three of our quarantine series. Um, that would be Roger Camaro, his his well, yeah. new band. Yeah, from No Motive, from The Warriors, but also his current band, Pieced Out. Um, they released their first record called Feelings Blade. Now, this record is something intense. else. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, I mean, it's got so many different things going on. Like when I, I, I messaged him uh, and I said, dude, that new record is like hardcore punk with lasers. <laughs> but I like, yeah, I used more colorful, I used some more colorful language in the text message. But, um, but there's like, you know, like, what was I trying to think? There's oh, like bits that remind me of like refused, bits that remind me of uh, Rage Against the Machine bits that remind me of like late '80s, early '90s hardcore punk. Like, it's so all over the place mm. with some of its sounds, but it's mm. so good. Um, but uh, yeah, no, is if if you're looking for something that's kind of doing some different things, I would definitely suggest the the new album from Pieced Out. And then um, finally, the you know last record that I kind of have been listening to. Uh, was the latest EP from a Canadian band actually called Stasis, and I know, like I sent it to you, and you're like, "Oh, it just sounds like Counterparts." I think is what right, you said. Right. Yeah. Um, Which is also a Canadian but, band. Yeah, but but in listening to them, I, I just kept going back to them. I think there were just like some more kind of like bits where I could hear, you know, less of the metal and more of like the punk rock influences. Yeah. And I was yeah, I just I just kind of kept going back to them, and it's pretty short too. It's just an EP, so. Um, but yeah, all of all of all three of those records that I've been listening to, definitely on the heavier side than what than what I typically listen to. But it was all just like it was all hitting me this week. So, yeah. well, that's um, awesome when that happens. Yeah, like I said, getting all angry, stuck in the house with my family. That's what's going on here. Yeah, well, it's, uh, August Burns Red has a shirt that says "Angry Music for Happy People." So there you go. That's fair. I like it. I like it. So, so let's get into uh, the quarantine scene episodes that we. Uh, that we did, of course, part one was you and I, so we don't need to cover that because I'm assuming <laughs> the records that we recommended we're familiar with. Yeah. Um, but then we did two parts where we featured a ton of friends and uh, contributors from other bands, from other podcasts. Um, even we had some uh, YouTube personalities on it. I think there was only one person from YouTube specifically. That would be Sam from 90s yeah. punk rock guitar covers. Is that what punk it is? Punk rock videos? I can't yeah. <laughs> Ter- terrible shout out right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Love you, but, um Yeah, we had a, we had a bunch of people on. So why don't you share? I, I just decided, you know, I'm sure there are some other records on here that to give a, more of a listen definitely jumped out. But the, the initial ones that jumped out, um, what were some of those that you that you came away with going, oh, I'd never heard this before and was actually pleasantly surprised. So that's uh, interesting because. There wasn't necessarily a lot that did that. So, in saying that, I was I was really blown away by the diversity of of the bands and uh, uh, and records that were <laughs> that were recommended. Um, so, thanks yeah. to to all of our friends that, that did that. I, it was really cool. Um, like usually, I don't listen through all of our own episodes, like unless 
you know, right. I don't like listening to myself talk, you know. <laughs> but the so, but it was cool with these because I was really excited. Like when when the guys were sending in the clips, like I just sent them to you. I didn't listen to them, you know. I just listened yeah. to make sure they were working or whatever. But um, yeah, it was it was cool. Looking forward to getting to hear um, what what our friends were were listening to or recommending or what sure. was inspiring them. And because um, often you know, with some of them, you're like, okay, this is you know this guy's from you know comeback kid so he like is he gonna recommend you know that kind of stuff or is it gonna be something you know like Bailey <laughs> from Silverstein you know he's yeah. and I know like his taste is very eclectic and a lot different than you know the band Silverstein right. is and so with his it was really interesting listening so it's like I have no idea what any of these bands are right. none of these kind of bands would like really catch my attention um, but it always helps to hear to somebody else talk about something they're excited about because it's kind of like okay yep. like you know this guy's really excited about this so maybe i'm gonna listen a bit more and check it out and even if i don't love it or it doesn't really have any staying power with me it still kind of stands out a bit because somebody i know that likes it sure um yeah. so yeah there was the main band um that i checked out was the band nails that i think uh, matt from junior um recommended right um and so what <laughs> Was it the very first recommendation? Yeah, it might have been actually. So maybe that's <laughs> no, actually. Sorry, Manchester Orchestra oh, was his right, first yeah, recommendation. Yeah. But yeah, he he was the first, the very first voice you heard outside of my own in the series. But uh, it would have been hilarious if it was just the first, the first recommendation. Yeah. I checked that one out and then I stopped. <laughs> no, that one because that's a band that I've seen and heard lots about. Yeah, and so I was like, they're oh. like the the. They're like the brutal kind of band, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, interesting because yeah. it's. I mean, it's really short. It's like two minute songs. So it's a bit easier to digest, and um, yeah. So I listened through, you know, half or three quarters of that album, and and by the end, I was like, okay, that's enough. You know, it's not it's just a, yeah, something yeah. I want to go back to, but just yeah, a cool band. So I, I appreciated that one. Um, I actually found myself going back to a lot of the bands that were recommended that I already knew. Um, so besides Nails, there wasn't a ton of bands that really sparked anything kind of special to me I mean I, like I said I loved listening to talk about it and why why it stood out to them but there was um, I'm trying to think of something almost like um, there was a Belvedere um, yeah oh my god even like Good Riddance well yeah Stu was talking about like from oh, Comeback yeah, yeah. about broadcasting and that's an yeah. album that yeah. <laughs> I really think is underrated like every time I go back to that so there's albums like that where I was like oh man yeah I, mean, I want to go back to that even though I've listened to it and I'm aware of it but I found myself getting more excited about the bands I kind of already know of. Um, right. Uh, yeah, there was a band called Ignite that was mentioned. Um, really awesome kind of melodic punk hardcore band. And that was an album I, yeah. I've i listened more to their recent stuff, but um, not to that old album. So I went back to that one and really enjoyed that. And So it was cool just, you know, taking it for what it is, kind of going back to some bands I knew. And um, like I'm glad you included songs in it so as you're listening you know, it kind of gives you a bit more of something to grab onto, and because um, right. there is there is a lot to take in. So I mean, for any anybody that was listening, like I doubt anybody went and listened to every full album, you know, on those episodes because there was yeah. you know fifteen albums or something. But well, and that's yeah, like putting the music in it was definitely the idea to be like okay, instead of having to go through and just hear a guy talk about it. Well, I mean, and maybe that would have been beneficial too to like hear someone talk about a record and then be like oh that sounds cool i gotta go listen to it because like that's that's kind of how things would have been 
back, you know, in the when we were growing up or whatever, had you yeah. not heard it on radio or heard someone actually play it for you, if they just told you about it, you kind of had to take a chance and go listen. But I was like, yeah, we're going to put the songs in here because then it'll just give you an immediate thing and you can be, you can decide whether or not you're going to kind of dig in further or not. And, and that's kind of what made the, the, the process so hellacious for me because full disclosure, spoiler, whatever you want to call this, pulling back the curtain, I don't listen through our episodes either, even though I edit them. All I do is I go, okay, because I know we've prepped ahead of time and I'm like, I need these songs and I just want to find the points where I want to put them in. And so I'll just kind of skip through and be like, okay, this is where it is. Yep. Going to put the song here. Right. And then from there, it's just kind of like putting stuff in. Um, but I very, unless I also know there was a point where I was like, oh, Aaron coughed at this point or I yawned or whatever and I want to edit things out then I'll go through a little further right but um but yeah this whole because I had no idea what they were going to talk about and if they were going to recommend specific songs I literally had to sit there and go all right listen to every little bit of it um which I mean I was gung-ho for the first episode I was like this is amazing this is awesome The, the the response we got was great and then as I got into the second one I was like Oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we got it done. We got it done, and uh, yeah, there was some great stuff. Some of the things that um, I checked out on this uh, that actually there were a few that really stood out. Uh, one that I haven't stopped listening to, and oh, that cool. was the album. Yeah, the album "Kids" by the Midnight. Yeah, that, that was uh, which I believe I've, I've actually listened to that one in the past, and it's, it's a cool yeah. Album. And so I, th- I think that was John Ladd that recommended yeah. that one, and. Um, I put it on, and actually, when I was first like looking for a song, because I don't think he s- states like recommends any specific songs, and so I was just kind of like, okay, I got to find a song. And so the f- the song that I put in there was called Explorers. And at first, I was like, oh, this is cool. And then when they s- when he starts singing, I was kind of like, ah. But then, as it like the song, like when it gets to that first chorus, and I was like, okay, no, I really like this. And then started listening. Like that album is so. If I just want to like relax and mellow out, that's what's going on. Which is funny because like that was the like for me this week. That was the the flip side. I was listening to like like knocked loose and pieced out like all these heavier, harder, faster, whatever bands. And then on the flip side, I was like, now I want to listen to Kids by the Midnight. Um, So that was really good. Uh, David from Jimmy E Pod recommended the Grizzly. uh, Sorry, Posture and the Grizzly, and I think the album was I Am Satan. Which when he was describing it, I was like my interest was peaked and then when I went and heard it I was like yeah okay because he kind of described it as like uh, a songwriter who clearly is a fan of Tom DeLong without trying to sound like Tom yeah. DeLong. I was like what does that mean mm-hmm. and so I, I went and listened to it yeah and it's it's really good um, it's yeah it's I think it's great and then the last one was I believe recommended by Jake from uh, Columbia House Party a band called The Twilight Sad and here so here's one thing I love I am a huge fan of hearing a singer and being able to hear their accent when they sing. So that's what's turned me on to artists and bands like Frank Turner, for instance. Uh, You can hear his accent when he sings. Um, Actually, how I first got turned on to Frank Turner was there was a guy, I think the University of Toronto, that did like a whole thing on a whole presentation on John K. Sampson's songwriting and what makes it so complete and so good and in that presentation he featured a quote from frank turner and i was like who's frank turner and then went and listened i was like oh i love that you can hear his accent but then also bands like um uh biffy clyro and then um 
Frightened Rabbit, which are both Scottish bands, which also the Twilight Sad is a Scottish band. And so as soon as you hear that like Scottish accent, I'm like, okay, I really like this. Um, and so it was, it was kind of reminding me a little bit of Frightened Rabbit, but more in the vein of kind of like, I guess, emo bands. So I was like, this is kind of, this is pretty cool. And I, I only listened to that one record and I think it might've been their first or one of their first, but, uh, so those were the kind of the ones that stood out to me. And, uh, it was, it was, it was a long process, but it was a fun process. I, I think we'll do similar things in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily quarantine sort of like specified that way but whether it's like top albums or whatever we'll get into it but um, let's get into uh we're going to continue our series that we put on hold for a couple weeks to do this and that's our john feldman series and we're technically wrapping it up i say technically you'll find out later but we're technically wrapping it up we're going to talk about uh the band mest and we're going to talk about state champs because uh feldy has worked with both of those bands uh mest early on in his producing career state champs more recently so first let's get into mests i think well it wasn't their first full length but i think the first album that everyone got to know them by that's wasting time Did they have a, a full length before this one? Like yeah, they had one. I think it's called 40 Ounces to oh, Freedom. Yeah, 40 Ounces of, of Freedom. Right. There's a few of the songs from that record made it on to this record. Because uh, I did, at one point in preparation for this, kind of quickly go through it. And I noticed there were a few songs. I was like, oh, this is on Wasting Time. Just like I think there's one or two songs from Wasting Time that maybe make it on to their next one. Or uh, like there's there were... I'm going to look, because for sure there were. I just don't remember specifically which ones. Yeah, but, well, um, on Spotify, they're not listed in order. Like, this album was, like, in the middle, and a newer album was underneath, and the years were all weird. So I don't know if sometimes oh, really? the year is, like, the year it was added on Spotify, or I don't know. Oh, maybe. Yeah, anyway. um, yeah so on their follow-up album, Destination Unknown, uh, the song Drawing Board, oh, which we're right. going to talk about, yeah. is also on there. Oh, uh, I'm trying to think that, realize that is that the other the only one I feel like there is one other one but maybe not um, I wonder why uh, wonder why they put that one on there again I mean it was kind of their single from the first album but why would they put a single on the yeah, second I don't know. album again unless I guess uh, uh, let's see it's because it's track 12 so it's possible that this on Apple Music is a, uh, a bonus or something re-record or yeah it's I mean it could be I'm not 100% sure but I don't know because it says track 15 is a hidden track so who knows but uh, their sorry their first album that came out before Wasting Time is called Mo Money Mo Fodies oh yeah <laughs> and nice. yeah it I'm trying to see oh so it had slow motion which is on right. uh, Wasting Time. I feel like there was another song in there too that I'm just not remembering the name by looking at them. But um, yeah, so this record, um, 
Why don't you share your thoughts on it first? You picked the songs from this record, so why don't you share your thoughts on it? Yeah, so I'm going to... Uh, I've talked about my buddy Jess um, from Dauphin a few times. So he was my my best friend in Dauphin, so we discovered a lot of music together, um, mostly because he had good internet and cable. And You're right, I you didn't said that. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, was, I mean, this was one of those bands that as soon as we... T- I think of it. I always think of of hanging out with my buddy Jess. Um, so he would he would tape shows on Much Music. So there was a show called the Punk Show and a show called the Wedge that were usually on like Friday or Saturday late. So he would mm-hmm. he would sit there and as soon as like a video came up, he'd hit record on the VHS, and then we'd go over to his place at lunch or whatever and and just watch these videos. And one of those videos was for Mest's "What's the Dilio." Yes, and, uh, <laughs> and we thought it was the coolest song, even though it's probably one of the worst songs on the album. Um, but you know, being that age where you know discovering any kind of new band was the coolest thing in the world, uh, so he must have downloaded the album and given it to me. I don't, I never had that one on original CD. Um, but this album got a lot of play over the years, and because I didn't discover Goldfinger until kind of more recently, you know, in the last five ten years, right? I never really heard the comparison of style. But now, as I re-listen to this, especially after we just did a Goldfinger episode, yeah, yeah, it's kind of all I can hear, and so it was kind of weird <laughs> listening to in preparation for this because, like, oh man, that's you know, so it it's interesting that John Feldman would. It's not only did he record this band, but I believe he kind of discovered them and signed mm-hmm. them, and so I wonder, you know, it seems weird to kind of do that with a band that is more or less a junior version of your own band, <laughs> you know? And so I don't really know, like, if Mest ever exceeded Goldfinger in popularity for any amount of time. And, and they moved on yeah. um, with their sound kind of after that. I'm a little bit more experimenting. So it was just kind of that first album. But, yeah, it was so funny listening yeah. to it this time. You're like, man, like, this just sounds like Goldfinger. They kind of moved from sounding like Goldfinger Jr. to... Um, Goldfinger Jr. meets Good Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, and then they actually, thankfully, a few albums later, their favorite right. album of mine is called Photographs. If you haven't heard okay. it, you should go check it out. Um, yeah, there's, they kind of find their sound. Similar with, it's funny because this has come up a few times, like with bands like The Used and Story of the Year um, with John Feldman, how he's you know discovered them, signed them, recorded them. And then kind of later on, the bands, maybe not as much with the used, um, but with the other ones where they kind of really find their sound. And um, so, yeah, I guess yeah. I guess maybe maybe he just thought, okay, well, Goldfinger's, you know, doing well, and so why not kind of find another band that's kind of like that? Or Yeah, it, it, it's an interesting question. I don't know the story behind that, but I can definitely... Like, I... From the moment I heard them, and I'm assuming it was the same thing. Like I must, I I, I want to say I saw the video, video the video, Vilio the video for, for <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to assume that's how I first heard them too. Much music, seeing that video. I mean, it was a classic video of its time. It you know feels it fits very much in that era. There were little people running all over the place, <laughs> chaos at a party. Like it's you know yeah. Simple, simple plan came along a year or two later and basically recreated the the album cover and stuff. Like, um, but it's funny with this record because Destination Unknown, I I never owned it. I listened to it a little bit, but Wasting Time, I definitely owned it. And it's it is a record that as soon as I hear it, it takes me to a very specific place mm. um, because just this period of transition I think I was in in my life because. Uh, we were, my parents had sold the house 
that we had spent the last few years in, like my junior high years going into high school years, so the first year or two of high school or whatever, um, they sold that house, but we didn't get possession of the new house we were moving into for a few months. So we lived in the basement suite of some friends. And the bedroom that I stayed in, at this point, my sister had moved out. She had graduated, moved out. So I, it was just me and my parents. And the bedroom I was staying in was really just like a glorified walk-in closet. Nice. Um, it wasn't a bedroom, actually. <laughs> it was its own room, but I don't think there was a window in it. I know there wasn't a window in it. And my bed kind of like fit in like this, like small sort of cutout, whatever. Like it was just like this place where I was only there for a short period of time. But this record I listened to. Uh, quite a bit, as well as Make Yourself by Incubus and White Pony by Deftones uh, were like the three albums that for whatever reason I was listening to um, quite a bit at that time. And so when I put this on, I'm immediately like kind of taken back to that time. And just like as much as, you know, we talk about music we listened to when we were in high school or, or whatever, not all of it takes me necessarily right back to a space in time, yeah. whereas whereas this album definitely does. And uh, so it's kind of cool. I, I've always loved sort of putting it on and going back and, and listening to it and kind of being in that place again, uh, even though it was such a short amount of time. And for whatever reason, all I can think of is Corn Pops. I don't know if my mom <laughs> like decided during that stretch of time because we were living you know, in this like cramped space in a, in a basement suite that she was just going to like... Because my, my parents were usually like, we very rarely bought like the sugar cereals, yeah. right? We um, do a whole podcast on that. On, on cereals. Yeah. <laughs> cereals we weren't and, allowed to have growing up. <laughs> well, it wasn't that we weren't allowed to have yeah, it. It was like yeah. she would buy it for like, oh, it's, you know, for Christmas or just for like a weekend thing. Not as a Christmas present, but for like Christmas morning sort of thing, right? Like these sort of like more special yeah, things. Yeah. But for whatever reason, this period in time when I was listening to this album, uh, I was eating a lot of corn pops. <laughs> so take take from that what yeah. you will. But I, I've always kind of enjoyed this album is it's, you know, it's really polished and clean sounding. Um, and they are super tight, uh, you know, all around. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been one that for the most part has stood up, I think to the, you know, the test of time right. or whatever for like pop, almost like an underdog pop punk classic, because I don't think everyone was on board with right. Nest like they were with like blink or newfound glory yeah. or what have you. Right. So, um, but yeah, let's let's get into some of these songs we're going to take a closer look at. Uh, the first one that you picked was Drawing Board. I can recall only this one time This kind of control the girl had on my mind I fall in deep I can't get out I've never acted this way Just to touch on the story about your room, I had a, I, in between <laughs> touring, I rented this like glorified closet for a hundred bucks a month at a friend's house yeah. and I had a fridge at the end of my bed. So it's like sometimes <laughs> like it was in the basement and anyways, that's, that's funny because <laughs> I can remember Newfound Glory, their album Coming Home came out then and I, like, that's funny that I can remember that room so vividly. 
And some right. records I listened to it because it was just such a yeah. weird space. So, yeah. Anyways, shout out to uh, Weird Spaces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Drawing Board. Uh, so besides uh, What's the Dealio, this is the song that always stands out to me on this album. I love the intro. It almost uh, kind of has a bit of a, a Blink influence, I thought, to the intro sure, part. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. I can't remember. Well, I guess Blink would have been out before before this album. So I guess they stole yeah. it from that or whatever. But um, yeah, I love that the clean guitar keeps playing that lead during the verse, the first verse. I, I like the imagery of a drawing board and having to go back to it when things don't work out. Um, I right. Just, I think that's a cool concept for a song. Um, you know, the song seems like it's more about writing the perfect song for that girl that you like and not something I ever did personally, but I guess I can imagine the pressure of doing yeah, yeah. that. <laughs> My wife always asked me to write her songs and I just, I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. do it. So, so I get that <laughs> part of it. Um, but yeah, I love how much music correlates to relationships and how it can force you to keep trying something in order to please someone. I like the line, write a song a day, but the band won't like it anyway. Shows a determination to stay creative and hope something comes out of it, which is a huge part of um, anyone that's doing something creative, not just music, right? You're just kind of yeah. sometimes hoping for the best. And so I, yeah, I just thought that was a funny line. Just he's writing all these songs <laughs> to this girl and he's bringing it to his band and just like, this is terrible, man. And, shooting it down. And he's like, oh, I got to do it. I got to find the perfect song to get this girl, whether it works in the band or not. So, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, overall, yeah. just a great standout song. And uh, even now when I listen through it, I always look forward to that one and it just stands out to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I would I would definitely agree with that, like, opening guitar. Like, more like the rhythm guitar kind of that they're picking there. That clean tone yeah. sound, like, r- reminds me of Blink as well. Um, the, the lead riff that comes in that plays the melody doesn't really remind me of Blink too much. Right. Like, it's not something they really ever did. Like, Tom would always write... Um, you know, kind of specific riffs that stood on their own. And then I feel like the melodies of the verses and the chorus would kind of be different, but, but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, I can relate to the, you know, um, I've definitely written my fair share of songs for and about girls. Uh, actually kind of funny side note, the first song I ever wrote for my wife was called uh, your playground antics and these dead fish, <laughs> because it was like, about i think it was like our first date definitely if it wasn't our first it was one of our first dates we like went for a walk and it was the winter and we walked around like there's this little like man-made lake in the town that i grew up in uh, and we went for a walk around it and it was just funny because it was it was winter and all of a sudden we came up to this playground that was there and we were just kind of like sitting on the swing or whatever and i noticed there's like this dead fish on the ground and we started walking around the playground, and there had to have been like 25 to 30 Weird. dead fish. Yeah. I still don't know what the deal was, where they came Did it from. Fly they were or just, something? There was just like. Well, that's the thing is, it maybe. I have no idea. And it was in the winter, so I mean, oh, if it yeah. flooded, you would think it would have been like just like, you know, all ice, right? right. But it was just snow and these dead fish. Was, I still don't know where they came from, it was the weirdest thing. But um, I didn't write the song specifically about that, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I titled it about that. Uh, but it was like a, a screamo post hardcore song. The first time I sang it for her, I was just like screaming in her oh, face. So it's man. kind of this funny story. That sounds cringe. Um, like, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if uh, if there's any video footage of that one. We do. I, there, I do have video footage. I don't know if it's on YouTube of like one of my other bands. I don't know. I, I wonder if I could find some of these things. They're good times. But um, but yeah, anyways, this song, I, I 
I've definitely been there writing songs for girls. There was, I went up and I was looking at some of the lyrics and I was on song meanings for this song. And I just laughed at one of the comments by Hangover On? Or Hangover Vaughn from May 30th, 2002. Like, this is going back to like, that site's amazing because the comments are still there from (laughs) way back in the day. But it says, um, I'm learning this song on guitar for sure. Girls will throw themselves at me. (laughs) Like, fantastic. But uh, yeah, no, this song, it's always also been one of my favorites. I mean, I've got a soft spot in my heart for What's the Dealio, regardless of how cheesy it is. Um, it is it is the song that kind of introduced me to them. And for whatever reason, like it, it's just so light and fun, I think, yeah. that song. Yeah, at the right time, it and, could be a good jam. But uh. And it, it reminds me of one of my sister's like boyfriends back around that time or shortly before then because he would he would always say what's the dealio <laughs> and i was like what the hell does that even mean and then all of a sudden this song was re- comes was out he referencing like, this band or what? no no because this was before that that song uh, came out so then when the song came out i was like oh snap like <laughs> i've heard, i've heard, i know someone who yeah. legit says this in their everyday conversation oh, so it's kind of that's funny unfortunate but. If that's uh, a saying <laughs> This, What's the dealio? Especially to your, girl, to your girlfriend's brother. What's right? Dealio, uh, I mean, I think man. he said it to everybody. Okay. What's the dealio? Uh, so let's get into your next one, which was the song Change. I said, what is that you're saying today? The exact opposite of yesterday. It's funny how things can change. And your mind gets rearranged. Tell me what should I do, tell me what should I say Is there even time for change Or is it just one following another When I look your way I don't know what to say Cause you change your style almost every day It's funny the way things went down Cause you're the one still stuck in this town Tell me I love the feel and dynamics of this song. Starts with acoustic guitar that leads into a classic ska feel. This is one of the ones that was that felt very Goldfinger um, to me. Um, but I love when the distorted guitars come in and it really picks up the song. It's super catchy. Song talks about thinking for yourself and not just going along with the crowd who is saying one thing today and then something different the next. Um, what I thought of with this was, and I'm not sure if he's referring to this at all, is, is posers which was like a big oh, term yeah. in the 90s, you know, um, often relating to people changing styles or thoughts relating to music or, you know, yeah. or skateboarding, right? Just kind of doing what was cool at the time because there were so many different trends then. And uh, Which, yeah, the irony here is that in like the whole, and we've kind of touched on this a little bit in some episodes, but the whole like punk rock world, this music would have like like messed a hundred percent would have been considered posers right. right like just like that whole like pop punk oh, that's poser punk yeah, man yeah. right like um, so it's kind of funny in that in that light but uh, I did have a note that says um, 
Uh, lyrically, this song reminds me of being in high school and judging people for their choices. Oh, have fun, Lemmings, sort of thing, <laughs> right? Like, you're just going with whatever's cool right yeah. now, sort of thing. You know, lemmings running, you know, jumping into the sea, sort of thing. Um, but it's also funny that you brought up the note about Goldfinger, because my first note is, is this actually a Goldfinger song? <laughs> because it is 100% the formula that... I pointed out on the Goldfinger episode about what I like about Goldfinger yeah. in that, especially in that earlier stuff, right? Like, I mean, the, the, the lighthearted ska, there is a guitar riff in this that reminds me of the song here in your bedroom, mm. like just kind of this neat sort of like palm muted, clean guitar riff that comes in. And then when about it gets to the halfway mark or so, it just like takes it up a notch yeah. and goes hundred miles an hour. Right. Yeah, and I like, yeah, it's 100% the formula of Goldfinger there. Um, and I mean, I, I, I should go back and listen to that first album and see like how much of it, um, like, were they a band that were being heavily influenced by Goldfinger from the get go? Or was it like Feldman seeing something and being like, yo, let's try this. Um, because I, I haven't really listened to that yeah, first full length. That's a good point. I, I've, I've listened to pieces. I'm sure that's just who they were at that point in time. Cause he even looks like he's trying to look like John Feldman with like the bleach yeah. blonde hair. Well, I imagine there was um, that influence was there and that album art for yeah. that first album is so bad. I can't imagine going and trying to listen to it. So, <laughs> Oh, like the Mo money, Mo forties yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it is pretty, it's pretty rough. <laughs> so, I mean, prop props to them to getting uh, Feldman's attention from that, man. From, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's I was awesome. In bands that had art that bad, and we didn't get no attention. So, <laughs> <laughs> you got yeah. I mean, you got to do something, something somewhere. I, I wonder what that story is. I'm sure we could obviously find well, it. To but, go from uh, that that album to being on a major label, like it's just such yeah. a crazy thing to think about. Like, however, at the same point, I wouldn't be surprised if there is like countless bands where that's the case, right? Where because like they, they just got like swept up in that whole pop punk boom, right? right? Like Blink. Blink-182 hits the radio with, you know, Enema of the State and the songs off that. And all of a sudden, you have these pop-punk bands everywhere. Some of them much better than others, but still all getting swept up. So I wonder how many just, like, had these, you know, like, average to below average sounding and looking, you know, demos and, and whatnot. But, but you know, like, uh, labels just being like, get them, sign them. Like, they got something there. Let's, let's work yeah. with it, right? Like... Uh, it's it's it was incredible to see for sure and to look back on now, uh, but yeah, I mean, good on them. They 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 had some success with it. Well, I'm sure there was some kind of uh, clause or whatever, like with them getting on a major where the label came to John and said, like, all right, this band, you know, you think they have potential, you're going to have to make them sound a certain way to, for them to sell or whatever. So I'm right. sure there was, you know, some molding or. You know, not not in a negative way, but you know, just mm-hmm. uh, maybe even co-writing or like, hey, this this is this would be a cool song, and they're like, okay, like this is John Feldman, so we're gonna write the song this way or yeah. whatever. So, which is why I 100%. think they kind of found their sound a bit later on when when maybe they were a bit more experienced and yeah, like there, I want to see if I can look this up. like because I kind of lost touch with them for a little bit, and then what was it? It wasn't Masquerade. Because Masquerade... That's our newest say, one. That, that came out this year. Uh, Apple Music January. says 2020. Yeah. Yeah, wow, okay. Yeah. Um, no, I want to see... Oh, see more by Mess. There was another one, I think, that came out a few years ago, but it's not... Yeah, I was on. like... Oh, no. Fo- oh, no. Photographs was 2005. Not what you expected. 2014. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't... Uh, but I just remember them coming back, because, yeah, two, Photographs is 2005, and then there's 11 or nine years between albums... 
So maybe it was back in 2014. Um, I just remember being like, oh, that's not what I remember Mest sounding like. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's just essentially the singer now, and he's had different guys yeah. in and out of the band, and so. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but. Yeah. Who knows? Have you ever seen them live? No. It's not a band yeah, that, no. uh, that I even really recall ever really seeing like on a tour that stood out to me or i'm yeah. sure they did um yeah yeah ne- definitely never a band that i remember seeing coming through here so i, I don't know if they yeah. ever toured full-time or i'm sure they did yeah, they've been know. going for a while oh but. full-time yeah i'm sure they did i, I don't know if they ever I, I mean i'm sure they came up and did like toronto like the classic right. you know oh we're coming to canada at best it's you know maybe vancouver toronto montreal yeah <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, I, I never saw them either. I know recently they've played some shows, like, with MXPX and stuff like that, some of those right. like, one-offs or weekend gigs that MXPX is doing, but I don't know how much they're touring even these days, releasing new music. I haven't listened to I added Masquerade, but I don't think I've actually listened to it, so I'll yeah, have to go and, it's, uh, and give it a listen. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, be interested to see what you think. It's I, I was a bit let down by it. There's some, some really cool songs in it, but overall... Um, and even just from the comments I was reading too, it was kind of like, I don't know, just seemed like an album yeah. that was kind of just put together for the sake of it. I'm sure a lot more went into it than that, but right, yeah. Um, well, let's get into the last song that you uh, brought up on this record, and that would be the last time. Cause it's the last time I ever wanna see you. It's the last time I ever wanna hear you. It's the last time. Yeah, so this is a classic sounding song for this era, and I'm glad they put this song towards the end of the album. Um, it just kind of helped as I was listening through it. You know, there's the last few songs I was kind of losing a bit of steam, and so it was cool to have that to kind of finish the album, similar to uh, um, that song on the end of the Story of the Year album where it just kind of goes right. full tilt to end it. Um, yeah, it seems like lyrically speaking to toxic relationships that seem to keep going in circles and cycles. Uh, which I've seen lots of times in my life and thankfully haven't had to deal with that um, in my own life. But I always find it frustrating when I see people that I love in relationships like that. You know, I says, say this the last time, three months later, you're my friend. Um, you know, just that whole, right. I, I even see it in, you know, my kids' relationships and just that frustrating, like, just figure out if this relationship's worth your time and, <laughs> and energy yeah. or not. I know it's harder as a kid or whatever, but there's so many yeah. adults that do the same thing and so... Um, yeah, a good anthem to try and make better choices concerning who we spend our time with, and just a great song yeah. to to kind of wrap up the album. It yeah, it is one of the songs where the chorus gets stuck yeah, in my head. Like, like and as soon as I hear the title, yeah, I'm like, oh, I know that song. Yeah, I know what song you're talking about specifically, right? Um, it's a good example for me, anyways, of how tight this band was at the time, and maybe still. I mean, I don't know what they're like now necessarily, but like they were so tight sounding on this record. I found, and this is a great example of it. <laughs> the lyric I said, "What about our past?" You said, "Stick it up your ass." <laughs> I always loved it. It like it reminds me like of a lyric specifically of that time, or for whatever reason, and I can't pinpoint the lyric that it reminds me of, but it reminds me of Blink. Every time mm. I hear it, I don't know what song it is. Um, 
but it's uh yeah no i've i've always i've always liked this song and and again like to be towards the end of the album and still be that memorable um because like how often do you listen to an album and like yeah the last song or one of the last songs can be great but you don't always get there right, right? like you, you don't always get the chance to sit down and listen to something and pay attention to it but the fact that is this the last song on the album uh, it's definitely later in the yeah. album to look it up um uh, it is the second last oh, okay. song on the album and there's 14 songs on this album yeah. right like so to get there and still have that like be a memorable song i think is is an accomplishment in the song itself yeah. so um because guaranteed i've heard it far less than the rest of the album yeah <laughs> right so um but yeah no it's a. Uh, it's this this album again like it as soon as i put it on i actually i don't know if it's on apple music right now uh it wasn't you oh, know okay. uh, last time i checked but i went and i bought it off itunes a couple of years ago because i don't have the cd oh, anymore and yeah and i was like oh i want to listen to this so i bought it on itunes so it shows up in my apple music library because because of that yeah, so i'm not sweet. i'm not 100 sure if it's there or not i know like it's on it's on Spotify and stuff, so I wonder if it is now on Apple Music. But um, yeah, no, it's it's always a pleasure to listen to this album for sure. Yeah. So let's get into uh, the second album that we're going to talk about, um, and that is the latest uh, from State Champs. I forgot the name of it. What's it Living called? Living Proof. Like I've, I've said to, you know, um, to Alexa so many times, my Amazon echo, like, Hey, Alexa, play state champs, living proof. But I just blanked on it right there uh, Yeah. <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, okay. So this album I've actually talked about in this show's past life. Uh, I reviewed it with Jordan, uh, oh, the old Aaron. Yeah, I forgot about yeah that. because it, it came out the same day, I believe, as Mayday Parade Sunnyland, which is interesting because John Feldman also worked on that record. Right. Um, in my mind, Mayday Parade Sunnyland is the far superior record, uh, but I don't think you had interest in doing that one. So we went with State Champs. I think that's what happened. I can't remember. But um, this record, I, I will say this I didn't really like it that time. This time I liked it a lot. I mm. found myself enjoying it more. Um, and maybe because I wasn't like listening and trying to compare it to, because at the time we were like, when albums would come out, we'd pick which one we liked right. more. So I was trying yeah. to compare yeah, it and no, pick, pick an album I liked more, um, which we still kind of do that. But, uh, you know, I, I suppose there's less stakes in it. I don't know what that even means. But um, the things I was picking up on this time, like State Champs, I hear a lot of people talk about State Champs. 
and like they, they love state champs. And this was my first real introduction to the band. Um, I had heard, like I had listened to kind of some of their their stuff that came up before this, but at that time I was like absorbing like the Wonder Years and Real Friends and like so State Champs just didn't quite grasp me. And then yeah. when this came out, I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to this. And it's definitely a lot cleaner and poppier yeah. than kind of those bands. Sure. Um, I I will say. This record, there are parts that remind me of early albums from The Main, and The Main is a band early in their career that I really enjoyed. Um, I haven't really followed them too much as of you know the last number of years, but I hear they do pretty awesome things. Like they're a band that has built in their own audience and just like cater to that audience, mm. similar in a way to like MXPX what they're doing now and like playing these weekend shows, yeah. and, you know, like kind of setting them setting themselves up for success more so than trying to go for big numbers, right? right? Yeah. yeah. The main, I think, do similar things, and they, I think, they have a festival they they used to do, or they still do, or whatever that they like book other bands, and they always play the headlining slot. It's like this big thing where it's mm. just like a family reunion type thing, right? Every year, um, and it's interesting too that State Champs, this album at times has a very like nostalgic feel for me. Yeah. In what they do, I just kind of like get taken. I'm like, oh man, like I can. They're one of the songs we're going to talk about. I can like kind of like. Every time I hear it, I'm visualizing something that has nothing to do with my life. So um, I think that's pretty cool when a record could do that. The Dangerous Summer is another kind of current mm. band that does that for me. The Dangerous Summer does it way more than State Champs, but State Champs does it a few times on this record. But um, why don't you share a few of your thoughts on uh, Living Proof? Yeah, so this is one of those bands that kind of gets lumped into kind of that new wave of pop punk bands like like you mentioned with Real Friends and uh, um, Wonder Years is that what you said? Yeah just kind yeah. of the you know new as in the last 10 years or whatever and there's few of those bands that I've really kind of grabbed onto and a lot I mean those bands are all really great and, and State Champs is another one of those bands I mean I listen to their albums when they come out but I just haven't found that any of their albums are just super strong from start to finish. I never find myself really like eager to go back or really listen to it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not to say it's not a good album. I maybe it's just a hard genre to, to really stand out in, you know, in this. But um, yeah, I I felt that Feldman did a really good job on this album of, of polishing the band and bringing some new elements um, to their sound and. Um, and there was a few a few interesting things on this album. It's got 13 songs on it, which um, for a newer like a lot of bands are kind of shortening albums now just right. with streaming. And I felt with this one especially, like there was easily three songs that could have been cut from this. And sure. um, yeah, it just kind of felt kind of back and forth. Like the album starts um, quite strong. I love the opening track, Criminal. Um, to me, that's my favorite song yeah. off the album. And so when I first heard this album and heard that song, I was like, okay, like this, this is catching my ear. I'm excited to hear more. And then there were, there's definitely other good songs on this album, but nothing really caught my attention um, the same as that. So as yeah. I was listening through this album, I found myself going really back and forth, like, okay, this is cool. And then the next song will come on and be like, God, oh, I'm kind of losing me. And <laughs> so I did find it kind of hard overall to, to kind of gather thoughts on this album and the songs and. So it's kind of an interesting comparison between Mest, you know, which obviously has been around for 15 years more than this one. Um, so a lot more time and nostalgia and experience yeah. with it. And so, I, yeah, I, I felt that I 
found it hard to kind of come up with a, a solid opinion on this album other than great great band great album just not something i really enjoyed yeah they i mean that that opening track is def like it, it kicks the album off real well um unfortunately we don't <laughs> I, I like set out this kind of rule when we pick songs to not pick the opening track um we will talk about the opening track but i say that only because when i want to you know, like kind of feature songs. The opening track always gets played as soon as oh, I intro the album, okay. right? Like that's always what goes first is like that the first song that's an actual song. If it's got like you know a thirty second intro, I'm not playing that, right? But, um, but yeah, so that's why whenever we feature the the other songs, I'm like, we can talk about that opening track. So Criminal is a great song, and it is for sure. It's it's number two, I think, on the record for me because there is one that stands out more than that song for me. And it's the, the first one we're going to talk about, which is Dead and Gone. One year ago, with the flower in hand. One year ago, we wrote our names in the sand. The wind would blow your summer hair. Once easy love, now you're making it rough. Um, this song, I think the chorus, when the chorus yeah, of this really song country. hits, it is so good. And it actually, because, you know, like criminal aside, um, this song stands out from the rest of the album because the rest of the album feels really clean and poppy to me. Um, almost knocking on the door at times of like all time low, which, mm -hmm. I mean, they just had a record come out that I couldn't really get, get my, sink my teeth yeah. into. Um, and that's kind of the way All Time Low has been for me for basically since their early, early on. I really liked their first EP and first full length, I think it was, and then that was about it. But um, but this song, when that chorus hits, it's <laughs> this might be a stretch, but it's like the rawest thing on the album. Mm. There's not a there's not a whole lot of rawness yeah. on this album yeah. by any means. Um, but yeah, just the way he kind of Derek sings on that on that chorus, I feel it, and. Uh, I also enjoy how they reference Friends, um, like the TV show oh, Friends. Well, well technically, they that. technically they reference the theme song, which I'm oh, assuming okay. they're not just straight up referencing the Rembrandts when they sing and we'll be singing "I'll Be There for You" or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm assuming they're just referencing the fact that they enjoyed Friends. Which I was like, how old would Derek have been when Friends officially went off the air? So I did some research. He would have been 11 years old. So I don't know how much he was into <laughs> Friends when it first aired yeah. versus just like being familiar with it and knowing it over time, right? But um, I have noticed is something that I've noticed with, with pop punk bands kind of current that they like to reference early 2000s pop culture, right? Like another band that comes to mind is Seaway. They've done it a few times. And I'm always like, but how old were you? When you're referencing these right. things, because when I <laughs> when I think about things that I want to reference, 
you know, when I like look back on things, it's like when I was in high school, right? Yeah. Like that's typically, or, or, you know, just out of high school. Whereas like all these guys, they're like referencing stuff from when they would have been in like the fifth grade. And I'm like, that's, I mean, I guess, but it feels so weird to yeah, me. And I guess it's because sure. I'm getting old. Right. But so they're, they're looking back fondly on things in their childhood, but, uh, well, there's a lot more we're, access what, now to, or not. Well, now, and that's like, the thing, right. For that bit. Like, I don't know if they're that much younger than us, but, or, well, so I mean, yeah, so like Derek, he would have been 11 in, that would have been, it went off the air in, I think, 2000 and, when, when did Friends go off the air? Oh, uh, I didn't really follow that show. <laughs> that's your own fault then. Let's see. I, I want to find out real quick. I did look this up and I, I did the math. Um, it went off the air in 2004. So in uh, 2004, okay. I would have been like, so he's like a, a good 20, nine years younger, yeah. 10 years younger sort of deal. So, um, yeah. So anyway, I look back and be like, yeah, I went off the air. I was graduated high school yeah. for a few years. Right. Like, um, but anyway, what, what were your thoughts on dead and gone? Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, it's got great, great chorus, um, between that and, and criminal, definitely the best ones on the album. Um, seems like it's talking about toxic relationships similar to, Last songs we talked about, which I mean, fairly common in in this genre of music. Um, yeah, great, great song overall. Um, my favorite out of the three for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, because that that'll bring us into the second song I wanted to talk about, which was Lightning. song is one of those ones that reminds me of the main and um it it is also one of those songs where it gives me those nostalgic feelings without being a nostalgic song for me um for whatever reason when i listen to this song um i i I picture like the narrator derek or whoever if you want to put someone else in those shoes as you know, like writing this song about a relationship that's in the summer and all this like stuff that's going on, like because I guess when I hear like lightning, I think of like lightning storms, right? Yeah. And I, I automatically get a picture of um, when my wife and I were dating. There was one night we went out and uh, we wanted to we, we tried to chase a rainstorm. Like, have you ever when you look at the clouds and they appear to be hanging down to the ground, yeah. right? And like I've always heard that that's where it's raining. Right. So one night we're like we're like let's see if this is true because there was this like clouds that were like I feel like we could get there, and so we drove, and we're driving down these gravel roads, and uh, sure enough we get to underneath this cloud where it looks like it's hanging down and it's not raining. Right. So I'm like I don't even know what this means anymore, but on our way back we we pulled over on this. Um, like secondary highway or whatever and we could see this lightning storm that was happening you know to the east a couple hours away and we could just sit there it was perfectly calm where we were and dark 
and we could watch this storm that was just like going nuts. Mm. And so when I when I hear this song and you know with the the reference of lightning and whatnot, that's like the image that I get, like just kind of being out, you know, in these country fields or whatever, which is funny because it's not a country song. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I I, I kind of get taken to this this specific place, which obviously this wasn't a song that was out when. I was experiencing this because yeah. <laughs> it came out many <laughs> years later. And also I can't help but sing um, who knew we were like this yeah. on the chorus as opposed to who knew we were lightning. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, every time I just want to sing who knew we were like this. Well, that's not right. Yeah. It's not right, man. Is this uh, I have down that it's a, it was a very short song. Like It's just like two lines Maybe. in the song. Or? Oh, I don't know. I didn't look up the lyrics. <laughs> that could be a thing, though. Um that's what I, I definitely didn't didn't catch on to that. Let's see if I bring it up here. I don't want to listen to it. I just want to see the lyrics. What? Um, oh, it, like it, I think it does kind of start repeating a lot, kind of towards the back half yeah. of the song. But there's more. There's definitely oh, more okay. than two lines in the song. The bridge of this song yeah. is my is my favorite part of the song. I just thought it was the, kind of the most creative part instrumentally on the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, this is going to be a recurring thing on this record for me. Is like there are a few things that stand out, but for the most part, this album kind of like, while I can put it on now and not be like, like it's not a record where I'm like, okay, turn this off, please, right? right? Yeah, yeah. But, um, but it's definitely not very memorable for me. And if I recall, I think there was a lot of like a lot of the reaction when it came out was it was a pretty split on people loving it and people hating yeah. it and, and but like coming from fans of state champs um but the final song that we're going to talk about is called something about you I transitioned into that because <laughs> when I was listening to this, taking my notes, I was like, I'm not even sure why I picked this song. Mm. Like, to be honest, there was something that must have stood out to me at one point. Like, it's fine. It reminds me a little bit of the Rocket Summer. I don't know if you ever listened to them. but um, Yeah, and it reminds me a little bit of that. But but all in all, it's like it, it kind of sums up the album for me, I think, pretty well, is there's not a ton of fully memorable parts like there's small parts here that are memorable there's a couple like like we said criminal and uh dead and gone or whatever or two like songs that if i was going to be making a playlist of you know this yeah. band or similar bands they those would be the songs that would make it for sure um but yeah this song i just kind of was like listening to it recently going like why again did i did i pick this song um and i even switched to this song like there was right, something because yeah. i had a, i had a different song i was like no let's do let's do this one instead and I can't put my finger on why yeah. I switched and what chorus, stood out. Maybe that's yeah. what it was. I don't know. There must have been something in the moment when I 
texted you. I was like, no, let's do this one. But like for sure, picking those first two that I had, the third one I was just kind of like, uh, I was more picking a third song because I needed a third yeah. song. Which, if that makes yeah, sense. which isn't really uh, a great attribute to an album if you're if you can't even no. find three. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, good album, and I mean, I would love mm. to see kind of what else they come up with, uh, maybe with a different producer or, I mean, with most bands, I would say I always want to hear the more punk side of things versus right. the more pop. I mean, some specific bands maybe would be the opposite, but. And I've heard right. that lots with John Feldman is, you know, often because he works with so many pop artists as well that some of that bleeds into bands that, you know, are maybe um, trying to maybe break into the mainstream or do something different. Right. And so that maybe just naturally comes when working with John is to, yeah. you know, try more pop sensibilities, which maybe works in some cases. But sometimes it's like, yeah, I think a band like State Champs is at their best when they're more just kind of in their raw form. Well, and it's it's intriguing to me because I feel like Feldman's always been doing that, but things have kind of altered a little bit. Like, I think he's always been really good because it's one thing to be like polishing and working on those pop sensibilities, yeah. right? There's another thing to be really bringing in pop production. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? So, like, because, like, I would be interested to see if he took a band like Mest today and worked with them you know not not actually messed but if we could take the mess of you know 19 or early 2000s or whatever and transplant them to today yeah. um would they still sound the same or roughly the same as what wasting time sound is like, sounds like or would you have those songs where i go oh i mean he's clearly trying to make something here that sounds like it's a little more fit for radio yeah um because at the time that stuff was fit for radio and fit for MTV, right? Like right. he didn't have to, he didn't have to make it sound like top 40 music because it kind of was right. So that's the interesting thing now where you hear a band like state champs and you go, yeah, Feldman's making everything so poppy. And you can look at that with blink 182's nine as well. I know that was a lot of the comments on, on some of those songs. Right. And I kind of look at it and go, I mean, Sure, I guess, but at the same point, like, is he just, is he actually just doing the same thing he's always doing? Right. It's just now that's what's on the radio. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's an interesting thought. I don't know. But, um, I mean, this is like Living Proof for me is an album that it's an inoffensive album, right? Like, there's nothing that comes on it that I'm like, oh, turn this off yeah, right yeah. now. But there's not, outside of maybe two songs, there's nothing that comes on it either where I'm like, oh, man, I just want to listen to more. It's If it comes on, that's fine, you know? Like, I'm sure it's a decent song to, or a decent album to kind of put on and just have as you're, like, driving and visiting with someone on yeah. a long drive, right? Like, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. But, you know, when it comes down to... I mean, I know the answer here. We're going to pick, you know, like our... If, if you had to listen to something... Because because we're in quarantine season right now, if you had to listen to one of these two records while quarantined, which one would you pick? I've got to go with Down with the Sickness again. <laughs> well, I, I you System know what? System of I a Down's support, best album. I support this message. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Not even their album. <laughs> we're gonna do an episode on System of a Down oh, at some point in time. No. Oh, oh man, though they were okay. I don't want to get too much into well, musically though. Those yeah. guys yeah, were yeah. very I, innovative, yeah. man. I don't I don't yeah. know much about them, but yeah. But back to the original question. Yes, def <laughs> definitely masked me and Jess bombing in his parents' basement 
all day, every day. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I mean, what else? Do, what else are you trying to do while you're stuck in quarantine? But but just be wasting time. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> was that a dad joke? Well, it's it was an album made good. for quarantine. <laughs> so <laughs> let's um, yeah, that that's gonna wrap this episode up real quick. We're gonna get into uh, what's coming up though, because we do have we do have a series of episodes lined up in this first one. I say that, that we have a series of episodes lined up, but we may kind of like dive in and out a little bit just to kind of break things up a little, because if we go head on into this next series, it's going to be a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, coming up in the next episode, it's going to still kind of tie into this, which I think is kind of neat, uh, because it is a John Feldman produced album. One of them, uh, we're going to look at blink 182's California. But we're also going to look at the album that California was trying to be. That's Blink-182's Enema of the State. So that's what's up next. We've been teasing that we'll eventually talk about Blink-182. And that's going to launch into, over time, a series of... Because I think we're we're planning... I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But I think we're planning two Blink-182 episodes uh, on varying albums and sounds. But that's also then going to launch into other Blink-182-related episodes... But like I said, we may throw the odd thing here or there in, yeah. in between because I don't know if I can listen to that much Blink-182 and Blink-182 related material. Yeah, no kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I got to break it up some, yeah. you know, got to break it up some. So anyways, yeah, on the next episode, we are going to look at Blink-182's Enema of the State and Blink-182's California. That's going to do it for this episode, though. I should remind you, um, wherever you're listening to the show, make sure you rate it, review it, subscribe Tell your friends, please help spread the message. Uh, share the show if you like the show. And uh, also go follow us on our social media accounts, Instagram and Twitter at Growing Punk Pod. You can find both of our personal accounts linked there as well. Aaron is finally on Twitter. All things are right in the world again. <laughs> all, all I'm tweeting is uh, anti-killers tweets. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming you mean like anti-murderers and serial killers, correct? Because I can anti- support that. CSI, NCIS, <laughs> all that stuff. Wait, if you're but if you're anti-killers, wouldn't you be pro CSI? I don't know, man. It's late. Bring the bad guys down, <laughs> man. Bring them down. Or her, That's all or we're Horatio taking off his glasses. I'll, I'll do anything <laughs> for that. Putting them on. Putting the, he's putting the glasses I on. I guess he's got to take them off yeah. to put them on. But David Caruso is. The deleted scenes are just him taking off his glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we never get to see it. Uh, no, but that will do it for us uh, for another one. So with that, a goodbye. See ya. Yeah.